Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and I trust you're enjoying these Amy Community Series match reviews where I walk you through the games that have taken place, tell you the players that I think that have popped, the things and the players that did not go to plan and ultimately give you my take on what I think it means for us as we head towards round one and lockout commencing for our 2024 Supercoach AFL Fantasy and Dream Team seasons. Looking today at Essendon and Geelong, and we can't talk Geelong and not talk about Max Holmes. Max was just sensational in this matchup from just 65% time on ground. He still managed to give us a super coach ton as well as an 88 in AFL fantasy. Loved his use on the outside, playing across that halfback line, pushing up the ground, linking up with that run and gun and carry, using that weapon that he has of athleticism and speed to great effect. I really quite liked what I saw from Max Holmes. And if you're looking in AFL fantasy, for example, at similar price points in Supercoach and Dream Team. But if you're looking in that price range of that 700K club or, or the 450, 350 sort of range in Supercoach, there's a bunch of them, isn't there? One of them is also in this match and Nick Martin, Ollie Wines, Carl Amon, Matt Crouch. You can add Max Holmes to the list of those names as well. I really liked what I saw from him. And he's going to play off that kind of rebounding role and pushing up through the ground for Geelong, which is great news for us, especially because that fixture is relatively friendly. It's why people were looking at a Tom Stewart because that early fixture for Geelong and for defenders and rebounders did look quite mouthwatering. If you're looking for another option of a bite of the cherry of that mid-range of those list of players that I've just mentioned, then potentially you need to put Max Holmes on that list. He might not be the guy you start with, but he might end up being the guy that you pivot across to as a parachute option if you choose to use it. I liked Ollie Dempsey's match. Uh, I think he's in that best 22 now. A couple of notable guys sort of missing from the Geelong side, but not so much from a forward craft perspective. We saw Hawkins, we saw Cameron, uh, we saw Neil play through there, we saw Stengel play. So this is a really good sign for us that potentially We've got another cash cow option sitting in our forward lines. And it does feel like, I don't know if you've noticed it yet, but definitely want to drive it home for you, that the volume of cheap options we've got in our forward line, allowing us to go a little bit deeper and thicker, especially in our back lines where I feel like we're going to need it. He's another prospect to do it. Maybe not someone you want on the field, but definitely somebody that I think he's got the scoring potential to give us some 65-70s, which he did in AFL Fantasy in this matchup. And he bumped up to that 90 in Supercoach. So I, I don't mind what he did. Cameron, if you're bullish and big on him, yeah, I, I see it. I get it. He's going to need goals to get you the avenue to scoring. But Jeremy Cameron has, again, a nice early fixture of matchups. Started 2023 incredibly strong. He's more likely going to be draft relevant for us. But for coaches that were already keen in classic, you've probably got enough reason to do it. And then maybe the last two that are really worthwhile speaking from Geelong, got to talk about Tom Stewart, 68% time on ground, just cruising around in, I don't even would say it's first gear, 61 in fantasy, 74 in super coach. Yeah. Uh, he patrolled that back line nicely. 
um, some good number of intercept possessions for him there, just a, not even a handful of marks. So I think if you're bullish on Tom Stewart on either D1 or D2, you saw exactly what you wanted. I know sometimes in these practice and preseason matches, we want to see a monster score. But I think with premiums, all you need to see is what's the role and have they got the role that you're forecasting them to have for the scoring opportunity and avenues to unfold. Tom's got that. If you're bullish on Tom, absolutely, you can continue on that pathway. And then Jai Clark is another one. Led the club for centre bounces in this matchup. 17 possessions, 69% time on ground, 86 in Supercoach, high 60s in AFL Fantasy. I think without a Cam Guthrie early, this midfield is going to need something to come in. Dangerfield's clearly got to lead the way. And if Holmes is playing as more of that outside and rebounder, then there's this opportunity and avenue for Jai Clark, another midfield cow that we get to consider. You might be looking at him at an M9 uh, or M10 sort of spot, potentially. It all just depends really how deep you're running with cows on the field. If it's only the two of Sanders and McKercher, it's a big assumption, I know, but I'm pretty sure you're in that space. If you only got two, then you're pushing guys like a sharp to the bench. So maybe you don't need a dry, but for me, I think he's absolutely one you could seriously consider. Has already done an AFL preseason. This is his second year on a, the Geelong list. So I actually quite like Jai Clark as a prospect. Inside tough midfielder, they do need to regenerate this midfield. That Bruin was there, um, but given an opportunity as well. So just keep a little look at an eye on it. They did clearly want to give him a full opportunity. He probably won't get that in season proper, but. He did everything asked of him against a, a relatively stacked Essendon midfield. So I think he's a, a real chance to get named round one. He just might not get that same volume of opportunities, even without an injured Cam Guthrie on the side. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's talk about Essendon. Uh, if you weren't on Nick Martin before this matchup, you're really going to get left in your wake now without him. His ownership is just absolutely dramatically increasing as every single week he plays goes on. He's another one of those guys that I mentioned earlier before. He's in that 700K-ish range in um, AFL Fantasy, 400, 450-ish range in Supercoach, where you want multiple bites of these guys. Nick Martin is playing off halfback. Uh, I, I don't see why they would have spent the entirety of a preseason training him in this role to then abandon it at the start of the season. So I think he's a really good chance for us. He's got that scoring capacity, 11 marks, 28 disposals, tons across the formats, 120 plus in, um, in fact, 120 flat in AFL fantasy. So to me, I think his ownership is getting to a, a dangerous point to go against him, but let's wait and see what happens. There's a lot that can still unfold in the preseason, but if you didn't have Nick on your watch list, absolutely got to amend that. He's clearly got the role. They look at him at all possible avenues. And that's not just in one game against Geelong where they do allow defenders to do that, but that is now confirming what we have seen last week, 
in match simulations and even hearing from the club themselves right throughout the preseason. So Nick Martin, he's got that halfback distribution role. He's their most creative, dynamic user of the ball off that line. So to me, I feel like you can have some confidence. If you're bullish on Nick before this matchup, man, that's just solidified it. If you weren't, you really do need to correct and adjust. If you're big on Parrish or Merritt before this matchup, this is exactly what you know they can do. Just 30-odd possessions for Parish, high 20s for Merritt, both just cruising around, getting heaps of football, absolutely just cruising through every element of the inside and outside dynamic. There was a few hot moments at the contest that I thought Parish especially did some really good stuff, impacted the scoreboard. But the reality is with Darcy Parish, if you're bullish on him, that's held him. If you're bullish on a Zach Merritt, that is also holding. Um, I think more people are interested in merit than parish, and I can understand that. Look, it's draft relevant, but I do want to highlight Will Satterfield's match here. 25 possessions, seven marks, four tackles, and tons across the formats. He's a guy that at the start of last year just flew out of the gate for us and, and was a real fantastic moneymaker in Classic and really did return some value early on drafts before he got injured through that kind of middle portion uh, to half of the season. So to me, I, I think if you're got the opportunity to jag him in that middle to latter part of your draft. I really do like it. I think he's a part of this midfield mix for the moving forward. It's Parrish, it's Mark, um, it's Setterfield, and it's Merritt. I think they're their key three. And then, yeah, we're going to see how they fit in the Hobbs, how they fit in the Sardis, how they fit in the, the others that they want to roll through there. So I think that's their big three. I'm not so sure I'd be jumping on board at the Classic, but I do like, because I just like other options at that price point, to be honest. But I do really quite like it. Speaking of Elijah Sardis, 24 possessions, 85 in AFL Fantasy, mid-60s in Supercoach. I think we're probably going past Elijah at this stage, or a mid-forward DPP. He is an option for our forward lines, undoubtedly. Um, but like I said, with Parrish, Setterfield and Merritt getting the big three bulk responsibilities and all three of them getting high possession rates, let alone what Martin's getting off half back, let alone what McGrath can do and get bulk possessions off half back. I just don't know if there's going to be the volume of ball and opportunity for him to go 80, 85, which at his price point, we really need him to get around that spot. So I feel like we'd probably don't need an Elijah anymore. I wouldn't talk anybody out of him if they were bullish because again, there was role, there was opportunity, there's scoring. I didn't mind his game. Draft relevance is still really, really high for me given some of the lack of options. But yeah, uh, let's just wait and see what's through there. And then Zach Reed, we've got to talk about. Uh, I think if you don't have Zach Reed on your bench in your defensive line across all the formats, you might be missing a trick here. Sit, what, 15 possessions, seven marks, an 80 in Supercoach, high 60s in AFL Fantasy. It does finally feel like he's got the best of his body now. Um, with Mackay coming into the side, he no longer has to take the monster. He can take the second or third fiddle option. I feel like Zach should be someone you pretty safely now lock away. And much like we did two to three seasons ago with the McCartan and DeConning, Approach of key position player that 60s and anything above a 60 is just an absolute win for us, but we're just going to take a slow cash generation burn approach. Again, remembering with Essendon playing an opening round, you will get an extra week of early price movement. And so he'll be ahead of the curve, at least for the first five weeks of the year. So to me, I think if you haven't got Zach, time to make that correction. He should be someone that's been sitting on your bench. 
look, there's some others, but they're really draft relevant. I know some would want me to talk about Andrew McGrath, but are you really considering him? And he did this to us last year. You're not jumping on at that price range. And with Martin, clearly the guy they're going to, I, I just don't think you want any piece of that pie. That's for sure. Dersma was okay, by the way. Um, as a late flyer on draft day, Xavier Dersma, 80 odds across the formats, low 20 possessions, a, a very open game, which we know these games are a little bit more bruise-free as teams are just trying to build up cohesion, kilometers in the legs, and, and not too much contested footy going on. But if you were bullish before in draft to get him as a late flyer, then yeah, okay, you could you could probably do that as well. Some injuries for Essendon in this game that we'll wait to see exactly the compounding impact. But a couple of guys, Langford, Ridley, you know, spent a little bit of time with some injury concerns at the back, but we'll wait to hear officially from the club how serious they are and how many weeks, if any, these two boys are going to miss. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of these Amy Community Series match reviews. If you're enjoying it on the audio podcast, make sure you leave a five-star rating. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, a nice little review helps us and helps others find the coaches panel. And if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below which of these players from this matchup of Geelong and Essendon caught your eye. I'd love to know in the comments section below. And you can subscribe if you haven't already done so. It means as soon as episodes get dropped, they appear straight in your YouTube feed. Hey, thanks so much again for watching this episode. You can get in touch with us across social media and join our Patreon supporter group. We've just dropped our AFL Fantasy Draft rankings and very, very shortly about to give our 2024 Rookie Guide uh, almost 100 pages long, plus an accompanying podcast that is coming at the end of the Amy Community Series. If you want to join our Patreon, you get access to both those tools at any tier level of support. So you can become that breakout cash cow or you can step up at that premium level with your support all the details for that and where to get in touch with us across social media can be found in the description of this video Give it a